Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Welcome to the Working Class Bowhunter Podcast. Every episode is brought to you by, or presented by, if you will, Scent Crusher. Uh, Scentcrusher.com. You've seen them all over the place lately. Um, always big things coming from them. Good quality products. The Room Clean, uh, which is a cute little unit you plug into a regular wall outlet turn it on you can do 510 actually what can you do 510 and 30 minute I'm yeah fucking, i believe so i'm yeah. gonna look verification 10 20 30 10 20 30 yep run that we just ran it in the studio because one of our guests farted and uh we turned that baby on and uh now you can't smell that fart anymore so <laughs> it's gone <laughs> never happened it really works nice. the gear bags you live out of the gear bags during hunting season mm-hmm. um, all our clothes go into the gear bag all the cycles come in we get out of our vehicles fresh cycle throw the clothes on you hit the tree uh check out scentcrusher.com also hha sports uh the leader in single pin sites uh the optimizer kingpin you can do the fixed position or the dovetail mm-hmm. i'm shooting the fixed position this year oh you guys are too right yep. Doug? yeah yep tank is um the vertus arrow rest Ross Biggers in here. You set a couple of those up. Yep, sure did. You like uh, them? I absolutely love them. That uh, yeah, I've set up a lot of uh, a lot of other rests, and I'd definitely go with that. They're that, that lifetime warranty awesome. too, so super easy to set up. The benefit to HHA stuff, they're built in Wisconsin, made in Wisconsin, and it's all lifetime warranty. So you spend yep. the money on a high quality site and rest, and if it falls out of your tree stand, hopefully that doesn't happen. But if it does, it's covered. It can happen. Yep. It'd be the last site you ever buy. Yeah. Anything. I don't know how to sell that to you any other way. <laughs> so I'll let you think about that. <laughs> um, also, Elite Archery, the Ritual, the Ritual 30s out now. Let's mm-hmm. do a, we're all shooting Elites in here. Let's do a roundabout. I'm shooting the, I'm shooting the Ritual, the Working Class Bowhunter Edition. Douglas? Same, same. Cameron? Tempo? Option six for me. Austin? Tempo. Man, we're a big family. <laughs> Look at us. Look at us go. Little elite family. Little elite family. Uh, episode is also brought to you by Big Time, uh, BigTime.com. Um, check out the Buck Brunch. If mineral is legal in your state, you can use the the mineral. And then they have the 
ADG Trail Cam, which is a badass little camera. It's yep. got the LCD screen on the inside, so you can view all your cameras and whatnot. You've got a couple yep. in the studio. Jesus, amateur hour, Ross. <laughs> we're trying to. We're trying Everybody's to do checking their sponsors. Everybody's here. pulling their phone out and checking them now. No anyway, kidding. Believe dude, it or not, I did this. telemarketer. I did the same thing. I didn't have mine wow. on silent either. Well, I guess we'll close it out there. Thanks to all our partners, and hope you guys enjoy the show. I'm Chase Rolson with Rubline Marketing. This is Jeff Lindsay. This is Michael Pitt. Hey, everybody. It's John Dudley from Knock On TV. Hey, guys. This is Jared Scheffler from Whitetail Adrenaline. Hi. I'm Taylor Drury from Drury Outdoors. Hey, this is Nick Munch from Ball Collector. Hey, this is Melissa Blackman. Working Class Bow Hunter. Working Class Bow Hunter. Working Class Bow Hunter Podcast. Working Class Bow Hunter Podcast. Working Class Bow Hunter. Working Class Bow Hunter. Working Class Bow Hunter. You're listening to the Working Class Bow Hunter. That's right. This is the podcast for Billy Joe Lunchbucket, the working man, just like me and you. My name's Travis T-Bone Turner from the Bone Collector. Thank you for tuning in. Nobody pushes the envelope like working class bow hunter. Hey, this is Jules McQueen, and you are listening to the Working Class Bow Hunter Podcast. It's really, really not that good. Good, 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 good. Welcome to the podcast. This is episode 260. Oh my wow. God. I'm going to go ahead and call that a milestone. That's a big one. It is. 260, man. It's a ton of episodes. That's a ton. We dwell on how many we've done every episode, so that's probably getting all to our listeners. So <laughs> yeah, sorry. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> uh, the veteran shout out this week. We got to give it out to Heroes Hunting on Carbon TV, uh, Patrick mm-hmm. Perkins, and all the boys uh, for their service and what they do. They take combat veterans on hunts, and they're just the greatest group of people you'll ever meet. We're going to the Iowa Classic, Wisconsin, and Ohio Deer Classics with those guys. So big shout out to them. Check them out on Carbon TV. And let's get right back into the episode here. So we can take as much time as we need to, to tell the story of this uh, this amazing deer because we have Austin Chandler in the studio. How's it going, boys? Thank you for coming, man. Hey, no problem. It's always always fun to come up, especially when you got a deer like this to talk about. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you got to be feeling good. <laughs> yeah, man. That's a big monkey off my back. So feels really good. Ooh. Can you hear me now? You're perfect. All right. And then Ross Biggers in studio. Yep. What's up? Yeah, not too much. Just tagging along with Austin. Yeah, you're the man of the hour, man. Austin is. I, uh, Sorry, Ross. <laughs> yeah, not, not you so much, Ross. <laughs> no. No, it's, uh, it's a great feeling. I've been, you know, you've been following this deer with me for the last yeah. year or so. And, yeah. Uh, been showing off his sheds and just dreaming about him. And just a dream come true to even see a deer like this on the hoof and then actually get to get to put him down with something else yeah so let's do this for there's people that have already seen like the cover art and photos and all mm-hmm. that so they know what this deer looks like but for people who aren't big on social media but still enjoy podcasting and whatnot let's explain what this deer is what he looks like and then let's just dive into all the history and just year by year whatever we need to do yeah so uh so this year he's uh he's kept the same frame for the last several years he's a 10 point typical frame not real long main beams uh we got to actually got the score sheet right here uh what were we at yeah right around 20 on both the main beams so 
not a huge main beam deer, uh, but he's got 39 inches of abnormals. So he's got what makes the deer is he's got two drop tines that are almost identical in length, um, almost nine inches a piece, basically eight and a half. Yeah, basically eight and a half inch drops. And then he's got kickers on a three, kickers on his two on the opposite side. And then he's got big split brow on the one side, and then he's got like six or seven points at the base, a bunch of little points coming off. But what stands out to me and what I noticed when he was in the timber was the coloration of his rack. He looks yeah. like a Canadian deer. He's he really does. super yeah. dark, just a beautiful color to his rack. And just a lot, you know how it goes with deer like this when you're throwing 22 points on a deer. You just got a lot of little things that you really have to see in person to appreciate. Yeah. yeah. He, uh, this buck is a buck that it's the buck that people dream about man it's a fantasy deer i for know i did for a, a long time <laughs> yeah some it, of them were nightmares and not dreams <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know this is the buck that i think once it gets out more on the internet it's going to get shared more and more and more yeah he's got a lot of attention in two days so it's kind of it's going to be interesting to see what happens but uh, my brother likes to make fun of me. Well, if you wouldn't hunt if you couldn't put pictures on Facebook. And I'm like, well, you know, I do. I like people to know what I'm doing. And I'm, hard I'm for proud it, of my accomplishments, so I don't really yeah. see anything wrong with that. But Well, the thing is, yeah. you were hunting before social media was even a big thing. Right. Exactly. Like all of us in here were. Yep. You yep. know, <laughs> we don't hunt for Facebook. I hunt because no, I like to it's, hunt. It's fun to share your accomplishments with other hunters, and that's why I do it. And. But, yeah, if uh, Facebook didn't exist, I guarantee you I'd still been out chasing this big Hell boy. Yeah. Well, guys that are into drag cars or whatever, oh, you post a picture of your drag car? Well, yeah. were you bragging? Yeah. Well, you're just proud of what you do. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, of course you're going to post pictures. That's amazing. Um, it is incredible, man. It's This deer, I felt like I was kind of in the in the end club where I got to kind of have more of like a day-by-day update from you. Yeah, we, we spent a lot of time texting back and forth and talking yeah. about him and uh, you had a lot of confidence in me, but... Uh, I did, man. I knew you were going to kill him. I really did. I really didn't know. <laughs> it sounds cliche now that you did kill him, and I'm like, I knew it the whole time. But I did tell you, I'm like, you will kill that deer. I I logged a lot of hours on him. It took... Uh, I just guesstimated, but I spent 40 hours just in the gun season on him, and it was uh, seven days of gun hunting. I, I logged over 40 hours on him, and I'm well over 100 hours. Man. So, let's start... I guess we should go back as far as we can go back with this deer and kind of do the build yeah. up. But I do have to add, last year we were in your man cave. What this was actually just last summer, mm-hmm. holding his sheds mm-hmm. from the year prior. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you have to kill this deer. Yeah, I thought the same thing, but I, did, I didn't really <laughs> think it would happen. <laughs> You're just so humble that it's hard to like. You would never be like, yeah, I'm gonna. You're picking a needle out of a haystack when you look at a deer like this and you look at the number of farms he was on and the guys that had seen him and had pictures of him and had encounters with him. I mean, his core area was basically three little farms right in this area, but he had been spotted all over mm-hmm. that that area south of me. So this deer is, uh, like, very notorious. Lots of guys after this deer, lots of guys with pictures of this deer. I mean, he and Ross in our county... Do you know of a deer more famous than this deer this season? Or sought after? No. no. How many guys do you think are hunting him? I mean, if you can't call it. There were half a dozen guys hunting him very hard, but there were 15 guys that were going to the woods looking for him. Really? Yeah. Wow. That's yep. crazy. It's crazy to think about that and how elusive this deer stayed, but still stayed visible. 
he to you anyway. That's th- different. Yeah. It's so, a different way to word it. So this it was different for me because I didn't get to hunt this deer a lot the last few years. I did several times. We'll get into that. But this year, when I logged some hours on him, I got to see him uh, five encounters with him. So that's crazy, um, man. And like Bill Winky said, the older they get, the more lax they get, and you start seeing him in the daylight more. And that reflected in his trail camera pictures. I mean, I don't, I didn't count them, but I've got fifteen pictures of this deer this season. So that's. Yeah, that's so and, crazy. And three or four of them in the daylight. I waited anxiously, you know, early November and even late October, and I know everybody else in here was too, a text from you saying, hey, he's down, or some sort of like... Came really close twice. Yeah, and I want to get into that too. So this buck, if you had to guess, and we were kind of doing this guessing game a little before, but you had a pretty good idea, you know, before we were sitting here kind of bullshit before the podcast... How old, if you had to put the official number on it, how old do you think he is? All right, so I've shared the the first picture we've got, and i got to take my hat off to uh, John Robinson. He's my buddy that's helped me get on this deer. He's had history with this deer since 2014, but there's his shed. We actually found it last year, the lo- the old one right there, the 14. One. Yeah, so that's him in 14, and uh, after showing it to you guys, some other guys that know deer like I do, I think we can all agree that that's not a three-year-old deer. Absolutely. I There's mean, no way in If hell. he's four, he's exceptional. So my honest guess is he's four, if not five, and 14. So that would put him at at least eight, if not nine, this year. If I had to put all my money on how old that like deer would be from that shed, I'd say five and a half. That's what I'm guessing. I really yeah. would. Yeah, it's, it's just it's, heavy it's base. massive, yeah. Yeah, massive, heavy base. 150-inch deer. Uh, yeah, back all in, day. Back in 14. And, all day. An eight-point mainframe, basically. So. Yeah, definitely. So 14, five and a half is what I'm calling yep. him. I say I, I could almost call that with confidence. That deer's at least five and a half right there. So if he's five there, that's in 14. My buddy John had a couple encounters with him with the bow. Uh, 30, 40 yards on the one encounter. Just but he wasn't He wasn't going to shoot him? or, or No, what? he, he would have shot him, but he just couldn't get an arrow in him, didn't have the right angle, and... Uh, and the deer got away from him. So come the next year in 2015, John gets a hold of me. And John and I weren't friends at this time. I mean, I'd went to school with him. I knew him, but I hadn't really talked to him a whole lot. And he just kind of followed me on Facebook and saw the caliber of deer that I was hunting. He's like, man, I got a farm that's got this deer on it, and you need to come down and look at this deer. And he sent me a picture of him. And uh, that year, he hadn't put on his drops. But he's this huge frame deer with gnarly brow tines and a big split. And, I mean, this deer has got to be close to 180. And I'm like, Jesus. I'm like, you're going to let me come down and hunt this farm that you're hunting this deer on? He's like, yeah, come down anytime you want. Wow. Wow. What an amazing guy, huh? (laughs) Yeah. So I'm like, all right, yeah, I'll come down and take a look. Well, I come down and I get to kind of walk this farm and look at the lay of the land. And I just really didn't like it. It was it was tough to get into. There wasn't a lot of sign on it. I could tell it wasn't a high-density farm. And I'm just like, this guy pulled this picture off the Internet or something. This deer's not running around here. So. <laughs> I thought he was full of shit. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I hunt this deer a couple times. Of course, didn't see him. And, of course, it's a long drive, too. It's a half hour to this farm. So I'm like, well, you know, I appreciate you letting me hunt. But, uh, you know, I've got deer closer to my place. I'm just going to concentrate on my deer back at home. So... So that was in 15. I hunted him, you know, a couple couple times. Didn't really put a whole lot of effort into him. So come the next year in 16, there, 
I don't think John ever got a picture of him on his farm, but the neighbors started getting pictures of this drop tine deer. And I never went down and hunted him that year, and we never really put two and two together that it was the same deer until, like, last year. But I'm like, if you look at the shape of his of his main beams and then you look at that gnarly split brow he had the mm-hmm. year before and then you start looking at this year when he dropped those massive drops it's like it's the same it has to be right the same deer so yeah he just sprouted magically sprouted these matching drops this would have been in 20 2016 so um, this deer would be seven at least six yes four okay at least minimum of six, probably seven. Um, and there, what are those seven-inch drops? Oh, ma- easy. On both yeah. sides, the yeah. drops easy. match. Just, uh, yeah. By again. the way, the sheds are in here on the studio table for, for just the listeners. Yeah, we're yeah. just staring at them. <laughs> the one, and the one's really cool. It's wrapped up in wire. He'd got his head tangled up in wire somewhere, so it's got a massive ball of wire on it. But anyway, so he drops these drops and didn't really come down and hunt him at all that year. Come the following year, John's like, all right, this drop tine deer's down here. Like, we need to put some effort into this deer. Well, the neighbor to the south, now this, I'm talking 2016, the neighbor to the south has, no, 2017, sorry. The neighbor to the south has these trail camera pictures of this freaking megalodon. This is his big year, right? Yeah. Here. Yeah. Um, lots of, the neighbors to the south got lots of pictures of him. Um, and I, after watching your score that you came up with him on this year, I'm mm-hmm. guessing he's probably close to 200. I bet he's right in there. He's I come up to 195, but I was kind of stingy with him, and he's missing his drop on this shed and missing about four or five inches of drop. But we can um, tape him. We'll yeah. have to tape these sheds and yeah. see. But I bet you he's he's every he's dancing right in that 200 mark. Yep. So just a dream come true, dear man. Double yeah, drop, yeah, huge. Yeah, eight eight to nine inch drops off of both sides. Uh, his brow tines. Uh, how many inches of brow tines does he have there? Twenty, thirty. A lot. A lot of. <laughs> Dude, drops. he's just got tall brow brows. They're split brows. They curve all sorts of funky ways. I mean, he's got three brows on the one. Yeah, acorns in three or four different spots. Uh, just enormous. So. After those trail camera pictures, I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pay a little attention to that deer. So yeah. I, I went down and I started hunting him. Um, never got to see him last year, uh, but we knew he was in the area. And actually, people had started seeing this deer about a mile south, actually where I bought my new farm. Mm-hmm. So he was directly west of there, um, this little farm down there. The guys were seeing him down there on that farm. So we knew he'd moved out. So I. Again, I give up on him, but in the late season, nobody's seen him south. Mm-hmm. We assumed that he moved back into kind of his core area, and he did, and John and I ended up finding his sheds. Uh, logged a lot of hours looking for his sheds and ended up finding them right on a field edge. So I learned a lot by picking his sheds up. It kind of told me the kind of environment he liked to to bed in. Right. He wasn't way back in the thick stuff. He liked to bed right close to food and kind of in a spot where he could see everything approaching him, mm-hmm. which is not, you know, that's typical of right. a lot of big mm-hmm. deer. Yeah. But I think uh, that people yeah. overlook how simple that can be sometimes. Yeah. 
You know what I mean? It tells you a lot about the deer, and it's honestly, when I shot the deer, he was in the exact same kind of a spot where he could, he was totally open except for one side. Yeah. And he could see all around him, and when he got up to feed, if he did get up in the daylight, he was already on food. He didn't have to, to he didn't have to travel. He didn't have to walk through yeah. danger to get to food. And right. maybe age has something to do with that, too. I mean, yeah, you look at, sure. a, look at a four-year-old and where he wants to bed versus an eight-year-old where he wants yeah. to bed. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy, too, and... You know, uh, like Clint Casper talked about that a few episodes ago. Is and you know, you guys have touched on it too. And basically, anybody that knows big deer, you know, bucks bed in spots that keep them alive. Mm-hmm. And if you go in, you jump a big buck out of a bed. You know that that spot worked for him. He's not going to be gone forever. But that doesn't mean because I saw someone commenting on this, and uh, someone said this on another episode. Well, I'll wait a few days and go in there. And go back in where I jumped him. Yeah, maybe if I were you, I'd go back in, or I'd get after him right away if I jumped him out of a bed. Spook mm-hmm. likes to say, "Strike while the iron's hot," and yeah. I take that same philosophy. If you seen the deer that day, then I hunt that day. I mean, I hunt the next two or three days. Yeah, you're, yeah. you're putting a little bit of scent in there, but that's going to be sometimes it's your best opportunity to get Gotta on get them. aggressive. Yeah. Man. The thing too is, guys also think, you know, if you went in where you knew this buck was bad, if you bumped him fifteen times, if you even got lucky to bump him fifteen times, he's going to give you the middle finger, right? You know, I think guys take that, well, that spot worked for him. Well, yeah, if it works for him 15 times, he's going to get sick of you and be like, well, yeah. fuck this. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to go somewhere If you else. get away with bumping him once or twice, good for you if you can see him again. But yeah, I will get into the story of this season, but I had several encounters with this deer and bumped him once, and uh, he didn't disappear, but he reduced his face on the trail camera a lot after I bumped him that first time. Yeah, yeah. that's interesting. It's cool that you take note of that but that's why like you and ross or i put you guys on that next like that next level too of hunter along with clint casper and clark cummings and those guys is you take notes on the little things where i think a lot of guys fail and they overlook that stuff because it's not a noteworthy thing in their brain yet anything to do with the big deer is noteworthy in my opinion i mean you pay attention to every little thing and you try to learn every little thing that you can when you're chasing a you know a booner you know, yeah the opportunity is so rare so i remember every little thing about yeah. the encounter yeah i yeah. mean that's smart man that's what separates big buck killers from the guys that just don't ever seem to get it done you know there's patterns for a reason yep um so we pick up his sheds and he's massive and we're high-fiving and we just can't believe it we've been this is the deer that we've been looking for for two weeks so we start developing how do you feel to find those sheds spot them what's that did you spot him or did your neighbor my my buddy found the first one and it took about a half hour and i come across the other one and it was super tight against some deadfall he'd got up against laying right up against this deadfall on a field edge you would never think it it would be there but sure enough i stumbled on i'm like man here it is that'd be so awesome oh my god it was yeah the biggest shed i'll ever pick up probably but well you don't know yeah never know <laughs> the coolest yeah the coo- it was yeah. it was fun i mean it was just i'm not a i like to shed hunt but i'm no dana pace you know i'm not yeah i don't hunt like he does but anyways so we pick him up and we start developing this game plan on this deer and i'm i'm just thinking like man this piece is tough so this 50 some acre farm that i'm hunting has got ridge tops extreme ridge tops so on the west side it's super steep i don't even hunt the west side because it's so steep so they bed on these ridge tops and then they've got about a 10 acre crp field that they cross through to go on to the neighbors to feed down in this big bottom 
So I thought if I could make a little staging area and try to catch him as he's coming out, mm -hmm. it could be effective. So this spring we go in. The neighbor to the south graciously comes in, disc up my spot for me. He's not enough to bring equipment a half hour south of my place. And we get these two mini plots established, some brassicas and some beans. And lo and behold, they they take. They're looking good. Mm -hmm. Well, then this summer turned off hot and dry, and it failed. So I had no food, and I knew that I was going to be hunting him, trying to catch him coming off these beds on these ridge tops mm -hmm. and then go into food on the neighbors so with that strategy in mind i hunted a lot of mornings i was primarily a morning spot yeah. up on that farm trying to catch him coming back in um so i'll just start off i guess with the beginning of the season I, i'm out elk hunting uh in september and i actually talked to you on the way home and this my trail camera finally hits in september i've had my my covert going for a month and never got a picture of him the neighbor had got a picture of him and uh i was just feeling kind of discouraged how far is where he got the photo from where Three, 300 yards from where i'm okay probably okay so he's he's got a picture of him early <clears throat> and then in early september i finally get a picture of him and he looks kind of gaunt in the back end like he's kind of shrunk down i'm like man he's not he's not looking so hot i'm kind of nervous you know um like he might have a disease or yeah, something just, i didn't know if he was just getting old enough that he wasn't gonna last but that it made me kind of nervous you know, maybe true so we get that picture and then it's like the next picture i get of him on our land is like october 15th mm -hmm. so it's over a month I'm like, all right, it's in season. You know, I'm still sitting in the combine. I can't go hunt him yet, but I'm like, it's fine. The neighbor's crops are still in. Right. So the 15th of October, I get a picture of him. And then the 25th, he hits again. I got to take a drink real quick. Do it. <laughs> you, you deserve it, my friend. <laughs> yeah, you Have another. <laughs> a little whiskey. <laughs> so on the 25th, we're getting close to wrapping up, and I'm – I'd actually got up early for some reason. I'm sitting there doing paperwork at my table. What is it? It's probably like five thirty, six in the morning, and he blows me up. And I'm like, I'm already up. I might as well go down and hunt for a couple hours. We're finishing up the last field that day. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, all right, I'm just going to put off the crops. I'm going to go down there. I'm going to hunt this day. Well, I go down there. I sit, and I don't see him. But I know he's got to be close because from where my cell camera tripped at half hour before daylight and where i'm sitting 50 yards so he's right in there right. I, knew I was tight to him but never seen him man how crazy is that to think about he well yeah. it's just a totally different hunt when you know there's a booner within 200 yards of you i mean you know he's got to be right there it's <laughs> yeah, just your, he's your, an hair, ear shot. your hair standing up on the yeah. back of your neck the whole time it makes the hunt fun yeah yeah but Anyways, I've never been that close to a deer that big, <laughs> honestly. The, the cell camera just brings it to another level. When you're getting real-time information about a deer like that and you can walk in and you're looking for him as you're walking in, it's just it's a totally – it's a game yeah. changer, you know. Yeah, for sure. Um, So I let him go that day. Didn't see him. Uh, finished the crops up. <coughs> and Halloween, about the time I like to start hunting – he trips again. It was on the 30th, actually, day before Halloween. 
so it's he's getting more frequent you can see you know first of september then the 15th of october then the 25th and then the 30th it's like man this deer is it's like the rut's coming on and he's starting to live on this farm yeah so i'd actually felt like i might actually have an opportunity to see him Mm -hmm. so halloween comes so right now can i can i yeah go ahead go ahead right now in your head are you thinking I mean, kind of what's your, your game play in your head or your confidence level? Are you like, ah, maybe I'll see him, maybe I won't? Or are you like... If I'm getting pictures of a deer every five days, I'm going to see him. Okay. Like, I'm, I know I'm going to see him. I don't know that I'm going to get to kill him, but I know that I'm probably going to get to see him if I don't bust him on the walk-in. Right. But you're like, it's go time. Yep. A deer this big would be, at this point, the biggest deer I've ever had, like, a trail cam photo of. By far the most interesting. He's the, he's the biggest deer I've ever had a trail camera picture of. Yeah, I mean, the drops are just insane they 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 just bring your attention right away and that for me if i had a deer like this on camera i feel like my friends would hate me and i feel like my wife would hate me and i feel like everyone around me at work would hate me because i would just be so like obsessive probably in a bad way yeah talk to leah about it (laughs) we should get her in here tell a story at the end but you know what i mean i feel like i would but i feel like you kept your composure but maybe well with the deer like this you can't just go live in the tent well i spent a lot of hours but you have, to be, you have to be smart about how you get in and out and yeah. how much you stink up the area and when i would go in and i'd see him i would hunt for a day or two or three and then i'd leave for three or four days and try to let it cool off and then when yeah. he'd blow me up again then i'd go back in there i do remember you know talking to you um i'd call you after some of my afternoon hunts on the way home from my lease and um you saying that hey, I'm going to give him a couple days and uh, you know think something through and and it was it was interesting. You were super strategic, like it was a chess game for you where you weren't rushing in making rookie mistakes. And that's just where time and experience helps a bow hunter. Where a, a fifth year bow hunter and might like me, I'd get excited. I'd have to. What it would take is me making phone calls to guys I look up to, like you and Ross and all my other buddies, and have them be like, hey settle down a little bit yeah you know well i can't say i didn't make mistakes on him i made a big one early so uh you but you learn from it you know for sure um so sorry to interrupt no you're fine it's good to take a break and have me kind of gather my thoughts but um so i've got this tethered saddle yeah finally got to shout out to tethered man they sent us some saddles we're gonna hunt out of them they're badass finally got to start using this thing and i'm super pumped to do it so on november 2nd i get in there i come in a little late so i can kind of walk in and see what's going on you know i didn't want to bust him out because i just had pictures of him on the 30th i knew it was Mm -hmm. you know i knew he was right in there i just got over a severe man cold so it's like my first set out i come out i get up in this saddle it's my first set in a saddle ever no second set in a saddle and i got up in the tree it was almost eight o'clock and I wasn't there 10 minutes, and I look over, and here he is. He's in the opening. He's in the middle of the CRP field walk, rock, walking right towards me. I hadn't been there 10 minutes. I'm like, like, how far? He's 90 yards and coming towards me. Wow. Oh, man. <laughs> and I'm like, holy shit, that's him. I put, like, I've got, I pulled the binocs up just to look and make sure, but when you see a rack like that at 90 yards, you know who it is. <laughs> yeah. There's not another deer that looks like that down there. So he's or anywhere, hundred square miles probably. <laughs> so he's coming right to me, and where I'd been getting these pictures of him, coming in on this old logging road, I'm set off of it about seventy yards, and 
to this day i don't well i know why i did it because there wasn't a good tree closer mm-hmm. so i thought well just hang back you know maybe he'll he'll walk closer to me before he cuts in on that look road well he come from the south he come from the opposite way so the road was as close as he got so when he come he turned and he went into that logging road right where my camera was at and i got a picture of him on the second while i was in the tree hanging from my saddle and just to had no at 70 yards if he was standing there feeding i would try a shot but he he just never did and there was tree limbs in the way so i had no shot uh-huh. so he dips into the timber and i don't see him anymore of course i'm hanging there till noon i get down i go to burlington i get a sandwich i come back less than an hour out of the tree and when i come back in to get in i'm like i'm gonna get aggressive on this deer he's i know where he's at i know where he's bedded at I'm going to scoot in another 50 yards, so if he runs from that ridge to the next ridge, I can intercept him. Mm -hmm. Well, when I did that, I didn't know the farm well enough, and he could see me as I was coming in. He could see me the whole time. From from where I was hanging in the tree, he could probably see me get down. But I walked in 40 yards closer, and I get up in this tree. I get up. I get everything set for my saddle and I see some limbs I need to trim. So I get back down, I trim my limbs, I climb back up. And as I'm putting my backpack on, I see white flags start getting up two or three of them. And I, I never seen his rack, but I knew that that was the ridge that he was on and three of them blew out They're I mean, they're blowing They're They're, they're gone. I'm like, fuck. Well, there goes that. Damn, dude. Heartbroken. Oh, my God. I was like, well, there was my opportunity, and I pulled a rookie mistake, and I blew him out the first time I've ever seen him. So I thought, you know, I either boogered him so bad that he's not coming back, or I could get lucky and I could get him coming back into bed in the exact same spot tomorrow. Mm -hmm. So I go in the next morning, and I'm hanging two hours before it gets light. I remember like, talking to you the night before yeah. this, and I was like, go in early. I was in early. <laughs> like, I'm up gazing at the stars two out, for two hours. <laughs> Making your morning tea. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of a cool feeling, though. Like, you're in the pitch black. You're hanging from your man saddle, and you're just sitting there waiting on him in his bedroom. Like, that is was, cool, man. It was pretty cool. But I was waiting for a text. I knew you were going early. I talked to you that before, and I was so giddy about what was going to happen that I next morning. I felt like morning. it could have happened that morning, but I must have buggered him hard enough because he never came back. But I learned a lot because when I got back in there right where he was bedding, I could see what he seen. I could see that ridge that I was walking in on, and I knew what, it, what had happened. That so he's watching you? Yeah. So I got to learn a little bit about the farm by doing that. So I'm like, well, I know not to do that again. Mm-hmm. If I'm coming in and hunting that CRP edge, I'm coming in when it's pitch black. So, and another interesting point about that encounter on the second, um, when he had come across that CRP field, he'd actually just got missed by the neighbor. The neighbor had just shot under him at 20 yards, and he had traveled about 400 yards in about 20 minutes, and he come right past me and then went into bed. But Oh, your neighbor shot under him? Shot under him at 20 yards. With a of course, of course, crossbow. I didn't know it at the time. With the crossbow, yeah. Oh, and it's a heartbreaker oh, for this guy because no this guy owns the farm south, and it's like him and his boy, and my buddy John were like the three guys that knew this deer. So it was a yeah. heartbreaker for him. Is anyone's game up to there? Right, like Whoa. he should he should have had him dead to rights there, but for whatever reason, he shot under him and he he made it through. Oh man, oh. was so, it meant to be? 
Yeah. So yeah, I mean, that's the way it goes. I learned know. that little tidbit about three or four days after that encounter. So I'm like, well, that explains why he was kind of, he wasn't trotting, but he was not messing around in that open CRP. Like he got from A Getting to B. through it. Yeah. 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 So. Wow. <coughs> Think about that. God. I'd feel so sick. I feel like it's harder to miss with a crossbow at 20 yards than it is with a compound. But a buck like that makes it easy to miss. Oh, yeah. That. <laughs> so many, that's a good point, yeah. When, when you think about a deer like that and having a 15- or 20-yard encounter, like, it got my palms sweating. And I honestly, I'm pretty confident usually when it comes to shooting at big deer. But, like, I didn't know if the same thing would happen to me if the opportunity actually came up, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It makes you think about it. Yep. I guess it depends on how he came in and how you know what i mean that all has to dictate like yeah. the situ- it's situational right a deer like this can rattle anybody oh yeah. yeah yeah but if you came in hot and you just drew and went with your instinct that you've trained for and have burned that's in your the best mind, way to do it that sometimes that's the best way but yep. if you watch him roll in through the <laughs> yeah. crp oh, right. for 35 yeah. and he's just rocking drop tines and mm-hmm. he scratches his butt with his right drop tine <laughs> a little bit he and does like shakes his head yeah, he does like that moving through the Ant yeah. like the woods of the antlers, like a thing. moose, yeah, like a yeah. Moose. yeah. Oh, fuck, just <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would rattle you up a little bit, be uh, bad, but that's why you practice, man. Yeah. Visualizing is a big thing for like a shot process. Oh yeah, like when I sit in a stand, I visualize if a deer comes in from over here and visualize the whole shot process and i swear that makes a big difference in how you execute shots on deer and sometimes you gotta dream outside the box too because it seems like and every time you think that deer is going to be right there and you're going to shoot right there in that perfect shooting lane that you trimmed up and he comes from somewhere totally opposite yeah yeah but which is what happened to me on the second encounter which but it falls back to just shooting your bow you go through your instincts kick in and the heat of the moment as long as you've been shooting your bow all year it just it, before you know it, the shot went off, yep. and the deer's running off with an arrow in him. Yeah, yep. through his lungs, hopefully. And yeah, right. It's true, man. It's uh, it's why we preach that all year. Go shoot your bow. Yep. It is what it is. Yep. Oof. Mother gooses. <laughs> 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 I was PG. Gee, dang it. So he'd air down a couple days, and on the eleventh, I'm hunting my new farm. So. My hunters had just got done on that farm. I wanted to go in and hunt it. I hadn't got to hunt my new farm yet. So I go down on the 11th. I'm sitting in the tree, and my covert goes off, and it's 7 in the morning. And I look down, and it's him, and he's a mile north of me. And he's right under. He's in that exact same spot where I got that picture of him on the second. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, my God. Like, he's on his feet right now a mile from me, and I'm not hanging in the tree. (laughs) Oh, dude. I'm like, son of a bitch <laughs> and i'd really thought about going and hunting that morning in that spot but i'm like you know i want to go check out my new farm so i'm just gonna right. do that so yeah. i screwed up <sighs> yeah but what do you do so i hunted him i think i went down i hunted him that evening i hunted him the next day never seen him and then on the 13th i go in and i'm hanging from the same i'm hunt, i'm hanging on the exact trail that he's coming out of now i moved my tree saddle i left the pegs in the first tree i move 70 yards closer on the logging road i'm right like if he comes out he's four yards under me he's Mm -hmm. right under me um so i'm sitting there and i just had this feeling on the 13th like this is the morning i'm gonna kill him today marks 20 years since i shot my first buck with a bow wow and my son was born on Friday, November 13th, so it's a good luck day for me. So mm-hmm. I'm like, this is just going to be the day. 
So I sat all morning seeing a lot of deer, a lot of deer moving. It like the 13th is the hot morning and looking at other cameras on the on other farms, like mm. the, that was for me the 12th, 13th was the two days to be out. Mm-hmm. Um so I'm seeing I passed up a nice 140-inch 10-pointer and then I passed up three different opportunities on a big one-sider like a 5-6 year old deer big deer but he just he was broke off right at the brow tine and of course when this deer's running around I'm not shooting anything else yeah of course so I passed those two bucks and I'm having fun and it's a quarter till nine it's getting pretty late it's almost three hours after light and I'm hanging in the saddle facing south and I hear something moving through the CRP and I look back behind me and there he is and he's directly under my first saddle setup. Uh-huh. 10 yards in front of it, come out right under it. So now I'd moved 70 yards the wrong way, so now he's 70 yards south of me yeah. or north uh-huh. of me. So he comes through, and I'm just watching him. He disappears over the hill, and he gets on the road, and then he starts kind of walking closer to me. He gets 60-some yards, and then he cuts away to go on the neighbors, and I I draw but he's just asked to me the whole time i never could never had any kind of shot so i let down and i've got a grunt call and i grunt at him and he hears it and he kind of turns and looks and it's probably 10 seconds he looks and then he kind of flips his tail a little bit and then he just keeps going the direction that he's going Mm -hmm. so i've come close to him twice i've been within 70 of him twice which is impressive and it's driving me nuts like (laughs) <laughs> I just kept thinking, like, if I would have seen him coming on into the field, he was broadside at 60-some yards. I probably could have took a shot if, yeah. I'd have been pre- if I could have seen him coming five seconds sooner. And for the listeners out there going, that's a long shot. We shoot our bows a lot. You know, Austin and Ross shoot their bows a lot. Yeah, we shoot at 80 to be good at 60. Yeah. Right. It's uh, We practice a ton. Yeah, we know that's a long shot. It's all situational. Um, so just keep that in mind. So that was the last encounter that I'd had until gun season came in. Which I'm I'm not going to lie, first shotgun season I was nervous because mm-hmm. I didn't. <laughs> I was like, man, it's anybody's game <laughs> right of, now. A lot of daylight pictures of him. I was seeing him in the daylight, and every time I was seeing him, the neighbors were seeing him too. Yeah. So it's like. A lot of people in the woods, a lot of pressure, a lot yeah. of walking around. I didn't think he was going to make it through, honestly. It forces deer to do a lot of things they don't want to do because there's, you know, when there's deer bedded and they don't want to move, and you got 15 dudes walk through it, yep. they're going to move. Luckily, I don't think anybody drove any pieces. They just hunted him the way that he should have been hunted and Which waited awesome. for him to come out. So he made it through, and I knew that he'd made it through because season went till Sunday. So. Sunday night at about two in the morning, he's making a scrape and it's two <laughs> two foot in front of my camera. Like he's literally tower, towering over the top of my camera, making uh-huh. a scrape. So I'm like, well, I guess that answers that question. I know he made it through. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> so that was on the 19th. So I go in the next night to hunt him, and I had another encounter with him. He came from the neighbors and i'm hunting a a small island of trees that he'd run through to get up onto these bigger ridges and had a doe in front of him and here he comes and first time i see him he's 70 yards closing he gets in he's about 50 yards from me and there's a bunch of wooly thick stuff and she gets into it and i can't see her anymore but my wind's blowing right to him but i'm really high i'm up on this ridge and then the tree stands 20 foot up 
So she's looking at me, and I didn't know it, but I'm watching him. I got the binocs up, and he's 50 yards, so I'm getting a good eyeful. I'm like, I'm looking at every drop time. I'm looking at every little point on him. I'm looking at the dark rack. I'm like, man, this is like I'm actually enjoying this encounter. I was kind of kicking myself because I didn't get to enjoy the first couple encounters. Yeah, well, I mean, I get that though. Yeah, you, you know? get it. You get a few seconds. I told myself if I ever see him, if I ever see him again, I'm going to actually enjoy this one. So I did. I put the binocs up. I was watching him. I was enjoying it. And he makes a move. He's grunting, and he goes to do the move to go in after in this thick stuff. And when he starts to move, I reach up for my bow, and she just blasts out of there. Oh, man. She was watching me the whole time. Damn it. So she blasts out, gets in the cornfield edge, and she, last time I see her, she's 300 yards running the other way. And he's 20 yards behind her, just going as hard as he can, which isn't very hard because he's old. Right, yeah, he's an old man. <laughs> he's got arthritis in his knees. His knees are swelled up like freaking baseball. Like, Slow down, bitch. Where are you going? <laughs> he's popping Cialis just to get through the rut. <laughs> Whitetail Cialis. So, so he walks out of my life again. I'm like, this damn deer is just <laughs> never going to give me a shot. Like he's Making just, you an old man real quick, Oh, he's huh? torturing me. And, of course, Leah gets to hear about it 20 times a day, and I'm just in my own little funk. I'm not even Bless talking to her. Bless her heart, her. man. Bless her just heart. obsessing over this damn thing, and I've I've had him less than seventy yards three times with a bow. So I'm like, I don't. And you're the whole time you're like, man, it's going to happen. You're going to get him. I'm like, you don't get three or four or five encounters <laughs> with a deer yeah. like this. But at the same time, is like you've been. It was active. You know what I mean? Your encounters and sights and pictures were active. I I just felt good about it, and I know how good a hunter you are. So I was like, you're gonna you'll connect. I was trying to stay positive, man. Well, it was hard for me to stay positive, but I knew that I had a muzzleloader tag in my pocket, and I was finally legal to hunt the second gun season. So I go in opening morning of the first gun season. November 29th was uh, 10 days after I'd had that last encounter with him. It'd be second firearm season in Illinois. Second firearm season opening day. Which is the weekend after Thanksgiving. Yep. And there's a lot of snow on. There's five or six, seven inches of snow on. Yep. And I'm walking in first light, and I look over on the neighbor's ridge, and there's a deer out there by himself. And I throw the binocs up, and it's him. And he's looking right at me. I'm 270 yards. I ranged it after I had the encounter. So he just caught me coming around this pine tree. I hadn't stepped one or two foot too far. And as soon as I seen him, he seen me. So I put the binocs up, and I'm watching him, and we do the stare down for like, and I'm not exaggerating, it was a minute to two minutes. Mm -hmm. We just stood there and looked at each other. And I think it was dark enough, he could tell I was, he could tell that I wasn't a deer, but he didn't know what I was. Mm -hmm. Eventually, he turned, and he just walked away from me. And he walked down into this point, into this low spot where I'd seen him a couple other times. Mm Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I bet that he's betting in there. So I sat down. I watched for an hour. He never come out of this ravine. Interesting. Okay. So I kind of had a bead on where one of the spots where I knew that he would bed. So I hunt the rest of the gun season, four days, never see him again. I'm on that field. I'm waiting for him to come out and feed. The snow's on. The barometer's high. Everything's right. Mm -hmm. He never comes out. So I'm like, all right. I give him a breather. I didn't hunt him at all. The week between the two gun seasons, muzzleloader season comes in, mm-hmm. and I'm like, all right, this is my time to kill him. You know, the the snow's off, but the barometer's still high. A lot of deer are going to be out feeding. 
opening night I go out there's a ton of deer I seen 25 deer on the field and he's not there so are you worried at this point like well I'm oh, like shit. well shit maybe he moved and he's feeding another field you know if like if I'm gonna see him tonight's probably the night you know yeah. every 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 deer I know is on the field the equations there yeah where's the answer <laughs> so he doesn't show up and I hunt the next night and it he's not there so come the last day of muzzleloader season I'm like it's you know, if he's on that point, he could be laying there until it gets dark. I'm watching the exact point where I think he's at, but he's just not coming out. Mm-hmm. So I decide I'm going to walk over there. I'm going to take a look off this point. Mm-hmm. So I trek across the open field. I drop down. I flip my scope caps up to get just in case he is there, mm-hmm. you know, just to be one step more prepared. And I'll be damned if I didn't get... 70 yards off this point and i hear something blast out of the thick stuff and there he is and he's running straight away from me oh shit drop tines is all i can see you look at him from the back yeah oh yeah we have the buck in here and it's just (laughs) the most seeing that is so beautiful but you know when it's running away from you it's It's, upsetting yeah it's horrid when you see it so I'm like, well, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to let him get away without shooting at him. Yeah. At this point, man, you're trying to hold on to your sanity. Yeah. So I dropped down on my knee. Ross's, I got Ross's shooting sticks with me. And I look down at my scope and I dial it up to about 10 power. And by the time I jumped him up to the time I'd got him in the scope, he was 150 yards when I shot and I had just aimed, it was an unethical shot, but it was a gun, so I knew I'd probably put him down. I aimed right at his ass. Well, I ended up shooting high, and it hit him right in the back of the neck, about five inches below the ears. And he was dead before he hit the dirt. It just put him right in the dirt. Holy like, <laughs> wow. I looked through Dude. the scope, and I could see drop tines laying in the ground, and he is not flinching. I'm like, I just, in a matter of five seconds, it went from the lowest of lows to the highest of highs. And I just, I couldn't believe it. Oh my god! That's amazing. Awesome, what man. like did what ha- like what you do after you watch him go down? What like what was the, your initial well, reaction? Like first, right after the first thing I did was I called the landowner because I just obtained permission to hunt this piece like two or three days before this. Mm-hmm. Like he said, well if you see him, you know you take a shot at him. And then he said, well if you want to hunt that west side of my farm, you go ahead and hunt it. So first thing I did was I said I got him. Like I, he's in your field right now. He's he, the farmer that owns the field. He's like, well, I'm cutting beans right now, but bring him over. I want to see him. So, and then the <laughs> next, the next phone calls my buddy, John, like he, John's been haunted by this deer since 2014. Like yeah. He's hunted this deer for three years and never got a chance to shoot at him. So I'm like, John, I can't believe it, but he's, he's dead. Like, this is the phone call I've been wanting to make. Yeah. So he's like, I'm there in 10 minutes. He's like, I'm running 90 down the road right now. He's like, I'm there in 10 minutes. He's probably throwing his boots on on the phone. Still. <laughs> so <laughs> he, he was already on the road coming out to scout the field just to see if he could see the deer. Like, John's obsessed with this deer every bit as much as I am. So by the time I had walked up the 150 yards to the deer, slit his leg, put the tag on him just to get it legal – and I'm sitting there eyeballing him. John's already pulling up. So Damn, dude. we celebrate. We do the high five. We load him up and we take him out and get everything called in legal. Got him, you know. Yeah. And just 
in awe. I can't believe that it happened. You know, I've been dreaming about this for two years, and to finally have it come together and to be able to actually <laughs> give your buddy the high five and make all the phone calls and yeah, it just it was unreal. I'm still. It's been a. I don't know how long it's been. A week, and I'm still not even a week. Yeah, man. I'm still in. I don't know. Just in a trance. I'm da- <laughs> dazed and confused. <laughs> yeah. Dude, that's so amazing. And uh, we have our group, our group chat, and we just get a, a little blip of you holding, I think Ross sent it actually. Was it, didn't you send it? Um, or maybe it was did I Austin, think I might have Austin commented in the ATA post that we've got going. Yeah, we have a little group. Uh, we're all going to ATA show together. We'll talk about that at the end. But we get a blip of you holding this buck and i'm like i call you immediately and dude i'm just like you fucker you got him like you know freaking out and i'm like i told you to get him i had to like rub that in and oh man i'm so pumped for you i so really pumped for you. i'm an avid bow hunter to say the least and there's nothing more that i wanted to do with this deer than to kill him with a bow and i came super close two or three times and it just it wasn't meant to be and i knew if that deer was feeding off of that point he wasn't transitioning through a lot of timber where i could get it in a tree and hunt him he was going right from that open spot out into the field where he's feeding and it's just going to be really extremely tough to hunt him in the late season i felt so i felt like my best chance was to get him with that muzzleloader so that's why i did what i did and i'm glad that i did it there's no one listening right now that would blame you for doing it the way you did it Yeah. yeah i would do it the same way Deer like this don't come around. No. 192 and 5 eighths is what you come out at, yep. and that, that's gross green. And uh, that, Measured him right before the podcast. Yeah, that's, that's my biggest deer. So Yeah, man. Congratulations. He's just – it's white-tail dreams, he's man. He's a freak. Yeah. Yeah. It's what people dream of. Yep. He's got everything. Um, the color, the mass, the tines, the split brows, the tall brows, the drops, the, the random kickers, points. Yeah, the random points. The story. And, and yeah. you, I was going to say, you've got the history to back it up. Yep. Now. It's and so got, crazy. I've got his sheds from uh, 16, 17, and then kill him in 18. And then I've actually got his one chewed upside from 14. So 15 is really the only year that we're, that we're missing. Yeah. Yep. And, and everyone listen, if, you, if you're listening to this and you want to see these uh, trail cam photos and the photos of the sheds and, and all the trophy photos, if you're listening through like iTunes or Spotify or iHeartRadio or wherever, and you can go to workingclassbowhunter.com or go to our Facebook page, and I have a post that I'm going to have up right after this episode airs um, that shows everything in chronological order. been drinking a lot of bush light, so I was going to get out. <laughs> um, where you can see all the photos and everything like that and the history, and even some video of like um, TJ Unger holding the sheds uh, yeah, from last year. We were year. dreaming about this deer this summer and just... Uh, oh, yeah. 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 We, had, you had a, we filmed some Carbon TV episodes at your place. Mm-hmm. Uh, check it out on Carbon TV, the episode five tj unger and brady miller you can see austin's trophy room on that episode but i mean i don't know how many people held those sheds last year and just in disbelief yeah just sat there and just could you imagine now he's laying right here i told john at the beginning of the season i said if i get to see this deer one time i cannot i cannot be disappointed in the season like that's a dream to see a deer like that and then to get to see him four or five times and and uh, actually get to put your hands on him i just i still can't believe it yeah it's incredible man to see the buck and all these antlers with just giant drop tines sitting on the studio table is just it's just amazing. Yep. And I, I it couldn't happen to a guy that you, you work so hard for your deer, man. And it's I just, can't deny that. And Leah will she won't deny that either. <laughs> <laughs> well, I you can't trip and do a one fifty and I think someone said you don't trip into double drops. 
Not very often. Maybe we'll have to do I, another T-shirt. I did you. on my first one, but I didn't on the second one. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, you never trip into a man. The hard work's there. It yep. just you put the work and the effort and the time in, and if a double job happens to walk by, you, you didn't trip into him. The work is there. Right. You know, it's uh, it's crazy. No, it, I, is crazy. it was a, it was a fun deer to hunt, and I I learned a lot. I learned a lot about growth of big deer, how their antlers change, and. It was just fun to watch this guy morph yeah. every year and see how he changed. And uh, is yeah. any little fraction of you sad that the legacy of Hopper Dropper is over? You know, I haven't hunted since I killed him, and that's not like me. Like usually, when I kill a big one, I'm back on after him. But this deer had me wore down so hard and so frustrated. It's been nice to take a breather. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to getting back out in the tree, but. I'm enjoying the time away from the tree right now. Like You should, man. Yeah, to get this deer down, it's just like, you know, I'm going to take four or five days, and I'm just going to enjoy it. Hey, I dude, I'd be kicking it till Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'd be riding that high. <laughs> but, yeah, it is sad. I mean, it, when you get into a rotation where you're hunting a deer that hard, it just feels weird to not get up and go down and hunt, you know, drive a half hour both ways and, and yeah. uh, grind it out and hunt him. It feels weird to not do it. I have um, a thing I've been dealing with, and I'm about to change it now that all the firearm seasons are over, post-tagged out depression. You know, kind of like, you know, on a... On a That's a what mo- happens when you do it the first week of November. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You know, like when they say, like, a girl has a baby and then afterwards she gets, like, depressed. I'm kind of having that, like, moment, you know? Like, I got dark for a couple weeks. Like, There's super a cu- there is a cure out. for that. Doe killing? You can doe kill, or you can hop in a tree stand with your buddy, or hop in a redneck and do some filming. And there, so, there is a way to get out there and still experience. It. I uh, I got that tethered saddle. I got to get out and whack a doe. Just yep. Been waiting. Get some real. Um, I figured I'd burn out the rest of my season with some good late season hunting. You know. Yeah. Rather than get, I didn't want to like hunt in there and try to shoot does when my dad's still trying to kill a buck and right. all that. Yeah. You know. So just end yeah. the year right. I've been yep. chilling. I've been chilling. And the thing is, I've killed three deer this year. I don't want to be like greedy, you know, and kill deer I don't need the meat for type of thing. Like I'm, I'm pretty fulfilled. No, but I like to hunt. So I practice with that muzzleloader out to 300, and I, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna shoot a doe at 300 with it this year just to prove that I can do it. Oh yeah, that, man. that thing is dialed in. I muzzleloaders like, are badass. I love my bow hunting, but that muzzleloader is pretty fun. I got a Thompson yeah, I, Center Optimizer and a man. CVA. Oh wait, I have a CVA Opta. I, mean, I can't Opti- remember the name. Optima. 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 Yep. I, I used haven't to even, have one. That's how long it's been since I shot it. And then I, I have a CVA. No, I'm sorry. Thompson Center Triumph. Yep. That's what I'm trying right to on. say. I haven't a, shot him forever. Mine's a Remington 700 Ultimate Muzzleloader, so I'm shooting four pellets, 50, gra- 50 grains each. So it's it's a wallop to shoot it. You, you catch the scope in the eye every time, but it's just barely brushing your eyelids. <laughs> just get, rolling the dice, huh? I got a Cytron six and a half by 20 by 50 on it, so I got some good glass on it, and it's at 300, it's fun to shoot. Damn. Woof. Uh-huh. Would be cool. I think i just shoot the Triumph with like 100 grains of powder. and <laughs> Yeah, I do the three pellet. I think I the bone, I've been, I've I've been the bone collector one. shooting my muzzleloader, and I put 150 in it, and I mm-hmm. went from just dialed at 120 uh out to 290 and and shot and i was hitting the dirt 20 yards in front of the target with 150 <laughs> oh really with 150 grains of powder yeah so mine's, you I gotta zeroed. go 200 and it'll, it'll smack you but it's it'll send that bullet so. <laughs> mine zeroed mine zeroed at 150 so it's like within an inch up or down out to 150 
and but by the time you get to 300 it's 24 inches low yep wow oh really yeah so you you can shoot it at 300 you just have to know which hash mark to use Mm -hmm. that's badass yep that is cool muzzle loaders are neat man i think that uh Still a lot of challenge in a one shot. Oh yeah, three hundred yard shot and the know. smoke, man, makes it hard to like track. <laughs> but you know, I think rifles. People want to get all giddy about rifles. Pick up a muzzleloader, man. Yep. Instead, and play the wind, and don't sit in a box blind and have it blowing right in your face. <laughs> <laughs> well, shit, man. Fill the whole blindfold. Yeah. <laughs> I had a lot of fun hearing smoke. that story. It was a lot of fun, kind of being a part of that as it all went along, and. You know, appreciate you. Like, I felt like one of the few informed that got a trail cam pick or two yeah. along the way. I had a few buddies I kept in the loop, and uh, well, I mean, it was fun. It was fun getting him down and sending that, yeah. that text out to everybody. Like, <laughs> this, I beat this son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will say, I had people that knew you shot a big deer because you, you said something online about how you shot a big deer heckle me because they, they know all that we're friends. For me to send them pictures of the deer you shot. <laughs> like, if Austin Chandler said he shot a giant, it's got to be a big one. What do you got? Send me a picture. I know you have one. I'm like, I can't send anyone a photo until he posts the photos I, online. I kept people in suspense, but it wasn't on purpose. I, I, I thought you had spies to see if I would break, Ross, honestly. <laughs> Ross, Ross knows what he's doing with the camera, so we had to go out the next morning and do it right. take the good pictures, and that was the first picture I put up. Yeah, you had to do it right. Which was late in the afternoon that day. Yeah. Oh, it was. It looked like er, I thought it was early. No, he sent it out late in the afternoon. Yeah, oh, we took it, it took it first thing. But we were oh, watching oh, the sun oh, oh. come up. Taking had to pictures. get him to the taxidermist. You know, brought him down to Losey Murphy, and he's going to do a full, jumping full body on him. It's so. going to be amazing. Yeah, it's, it's going to be nuts. It's. Uh, well, I'm add that to the page to so people can see the full body moment when it's done. Yeah, for sure. Did he say when you're going to have it back? Three to five months. He thought. Whoa. Yeah. Really? Pretty quick. Yeah, on especially a for a guy like Losi that's got the business that he does. It's. Uh, I was impressed that he was going to turn it around that fast. Wow, that's amazing. We'll see, I guess. He, Ooh, I don't, that's I don't exciting. have it back yet, but hopefully Dude, by the spring he's hanging up there. You have to have a buck back party. Oh, you know it. At the Chandler <laughs> Pit House. <laughs> buck back party, I like it. You know? That sounds good. We should just do that. Buck it's a back celebration. Parties. It's a celebration. <laughs> <laughs> well... Let's do a round of positivity before we close this out. I kind of want to get your wife in here just to hear, have her clarify how nuts you were. She doesn't need to talk about that. We don't need <laughs> listeners here or not. <laughs> beep, 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 beep. This mother. <laughs> Doug. No, I didn't, I didn't live at home a whole lot from about <laughs> November 1st to about December 10th when it happened. I didn't. Yeah, I wasn't at home a whole lot. That's all right. It happens. Look what it's, you it's, got. It's hunting. It's hunting. Your wife, yeah. I can tell, appreciates good deer like how my wife does. Yeah. So it's, you know, hunting season's one time a year. We I don't I don't know about you guys. I don't watch fucking football. I don't nope. I don't do any of that. Well, I, I tried to look at the big picture and I told Leah, I said, I've bow hunted for 20 years. I've, uh, it could be the biggest deer I've ever hunted. Like, I'm going to dedicate, if it takes three months, I'm going to dedicate three months to him. Yeah. So that's what I did. And, uh. It worked out. And honey, you got to pay to play. So it's going to take a lot of time. And you got to pay to play. And that's, that's the way it is. The guys that kill good deer year after year are successful for good reasons. Mm-hmm. And guys that don't, it's just the way it is. They just aren't. It's just there's different levels of everything. Whether it is football or basketball or hunting or target archery, 
there's different spectrums of people and skill levels and knowledge. And that's a beautiful thing about it. And that's, what's cool about podcasting and Facebook and the internet is we can all share knowledge and all help each other. That's what I'm so thankful for. Like the podcast has created like this friendship, big circle with all you guys. And just, we have a pretty good big, but I feel tight circle of friends of people that I all respect as deer hunters. Mm -hmm. And we can constantly bounce information and, you know strategies and hey what do you think and off each other and hey it's just going to make us better as deer hunters as a whole so that's really nice. class that's, yeah it's really nice to have that group of people like um, yeah just security there's yeah, my yeah. corny positive thing but i'll doug let's hear something positive man well i could start off with something negative ouch yeah. oh <laughs> hold on hold on let me uh <laughs> let me get something ready let's start with cameron until uh <laughs> Until we get ready for this. Give us something positive, Cameron. I'm going to get choked up about it. <laughs> well, gun season's over in uh, Illinois, so I can go back out in my tree and not be shot. Go back and uh, try to hunt that big eight I saw in November and see if he's still out there. I haven't even checked a trail cam in like a couple hey, of weeks. Hey, man, we get some cold weather. The best hunting's yet to come. I know. I'm pumped. He's been killing peasants. Yeah. yeah I know. My <laughs> dogs have been on fire. It's been awesome. Man, that mic, I got yeah. those headset mics got to run hot. Yeah, I was saying, I was wondering how it sounded. All right, <laughs> Doug, tell your uh, sad story. All right, you ready? Hold on, let me. Uh... <laughs> well, uh, Chief Keith has been harvested by my neighbor. So, <laughs> a moment that's... of silence. <laughs> Damn it. That's, that's Chief Keefe singing in the background for you people who don't know hip-hop. Yeah, uh, the neighbor harvested my uh, second season shotgun in, in Iowa, but that's all right. It happens. <laughs> He's, like, happens. trying to be positive. Yeah. <laughs> He's okay. shedding a tear. I could see a tender teardrop right. rolling down his How cheek. How big was he? I think he came out to be 166. Mm. Ooh. Mm. Yeah. Stud deer. Yeah, he's perfect. Chief I'm sorry, Keith. Doug. R.I.P. That's all right. I got like I think one other buck I'm after for late muzzleloader there, so I'm about to go after him. And you still got that mustache, man. <laughs> I still got the mustache. That mustache will be at ATA show this year in Louisville. It will be. Mm. So all you ladies out there, <laughs> they're gonna be at ATA. Combined, see Doug. I'll be the guy with the mustache. <laughs> <laughs> the old cookie duster. <laughs> I can use and some positivity <laughs> in my life. <laughs> and another positive note is. Uh, Chief Keith got a little bit of the rut, so he'll have some offspring. Yeah, he's he's yeah. there for a while. Yeah. Not as long as uh, good spin around yeah. Austin's deer, but he was there a while. Yep, good enough. Uh, positive note: I'm a bank off of what's kind of been said. Yeah, we're past the gun seasons. Late season, I really enjoy late. This season. This is where you thrive, brother. Man, yeah. I love late season. So yeah, uh, foods in place. Um, winter wheat, standing beans. Beard still there? Cut. Yeah, I got still got a beard. Uh, you got this. You'll have keep, one down before ATA. Keep me warm. Uh, anyways, I think you will. Anyway, that's my prediction, Doug. You got one for oh, Ross? For sure, before ATA. Before ATA, okay. Before yeah. January 6th. Ooh. Yeah, I didn't think about that. So <laughs> ATA is going to interrupt the last few days of the season. So, yeah. man, I hope it doesn't come the down to wire. Ooh. Uh, yeah. Is Ross going to bail on us at ATA? Nah. Just depends, man. So this time of year, you know, you get you get some new new guys show up or guys that are big bucks that you've seen in years past, but they only show up late season. If a double dropper shows up, man, you can skip. All right. Well, 
Maybe. maybe. <laughs> we know there might be a big single there, dropper. There's a single there. dropper running around somewhere. That will do. Possibly <laughs> two. There is a double main beam running around out there. Ooh. Uh, don't know what he looks like this year, but that's the thing. I don't get to see him until late season, so uh, I'm anxious. I just pulled cards uh day before yesterday. I've got 14 cards to go through uh, yet, and I hope hopefully somebody shows up. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm I guess I'm I'm anxious and excited, and I I love my late season. So uh, this is where you thrive. I, I still got a tag in my pocket, and that's that's positive. So you'll I, get it, man. I have faith in you. I just can't do that tag out first of week in november thing <laughs> you don't want the tagged out depression yeah i don't want that i don't, I don't like that so you like the suspense <laughs> anyways no uh yeah there's my good news i like it late season i need some snow though you got this i want some snow like five six eight inches would be nice i don't know if we're supposed to get anything in the next two weeks i don't yeah, know yeah that in 40 we'll pray for it yeah that austin i know i don't really need to ask you for anything positive but I'm going to. Well, after killing him, I know that he was up there on that farm breeding for yeah. eight, eight years. That's a good however point. However long he was breeding. And I actually bought a farm about a mile from this, and he had frequented that area as well. So I'm hoping in the next year or two, maybe I'll I'll get to see that same bloodline running around. Can you there. imagine? I, I can imagine, but imagine it's probably this. not going to happen. <laughs> what if in 10 years, because this deer is nine, we think, in nine years from this year, Cody goes in and kills a double dropper. That's that be sweet? 20 inches bigger. On a, honestly, <laughs> though, looking at him, if he started breeding and he's you know three or four years old when he got on a good old doe, it could be in the next two or three years when I'm seeing this yeah. genetics down there. So it's very true, man. Yeah, it's crazy. Could be or, sooner than we think. How fun. Or How even, fun. or even go with the nine-year thing or ten-year thing, and say that that doe that he ran off chasing that day on she that second it. or third encounter, she got it. She already had the seed, man. She's just taking <laughs> yeah. off. That's what she's bolting out of there. <laughs> okay, this is getting aggressive. <laughs> now we need to go down there and thin out those coyotes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There we go. Don't shoot any does, man. You got to have all the offspring you yep. can. There you go. <laughs> yeah, that's the farm you don't want to shoot does. No, on. definitely <laughs> not. Everyone, thank you for listening. Hopefully this uh, story has inspired you to work a little harder after the buck of your dreams. If you're tagged out, congratulations. But if not, there's season left. You can do it. You know what to do. Go shoot your bow. We love you. I'm Will Cooper, host of HuntStand's Make Your Mark podcast. For even more content, be sure to watch the original films from HuntStand Presents on the Waypoint TV channel every Tuesday at 10 p.m. Eastern. Visit waypointtv.com to learn more.